I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation, or you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, which is 508-444-2120. You can like, comment, subscribe, and share on all of our social media platforms. Uh, our handle is at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio, wherever you find and procure your favorite social media. Um, big tech and alt tech sites alike. We are there and present and putting out good content. I've actually started to use Twitter more than ever. I'd never used to use Twitter, but um, here we are. I, I would throw some stuff its way every once in a while, uh, but I've found more interaction now since uh, the Elon hostile takeover, and that's pr- been pretty interesting. So are you on Twitter? And if not, why not? And if you are, have you found us there? I've been on Twitter since 2013, and uh, we still only have 1,100 followers. So it's it's slow going, but I would say we've had a lot of those followers added in the last year. So Instagram used to be our biggest social media platform, and then they deplatformed us. We restarted. We got our name back, but we never got our followers and our content back. Um Right now, I would say our largest social media platform is YouTube, uh, and that has been a slow growth organically. I don't know. Is YouTube bigger than Facebook? Facebook might be bigger. I think we have over 10,000 users on Facebook and uh, not quite that many on YouTube. But anyway, wherever you like to get your social media, you will find Rapid Fire Radio and Cape Gunworks. Also, we're really happy. I announced last week on the show that we are the media sponsor of the PDN training tour. So we had Rob Pincus on last week to talk about that. And even better, not that that's not awesome all on its own, right? But Cape Gunworks is the online sponsor of the PDN training tour. So uh, the PDN training tour has a bunch of brands that sponsor the tour, um, Canic Pistols, uh, Winchester Ammunition, although I don't know if they're back this year, I can't remember, um, Nemo is the carbine or the rifle company that sponsors them, I know Vault Tech as well, um, which has been a sponsor of this radio show in the past as well, uh, so all of those sponsors, I try to keep their brands in store as the gun store for, um, or the online retailer for the PDN training tour. So I'm really excited that whole tour has kicked off. They've got lots of classes underway. If you've never taken a class by anyone on the uh, PDN training tour, you should go over to 
uh, Personal Defense Network and check out their class schedule. I'll put a link in the chat. Um, and it is a great way to get some excellent firearms training or something else. Like uh, there's guys like Ryan Hoover who do um, empty hand, you know, training, uh, you know, force on force type stuff. Alessandro does knife training. Um, there's also medical stuff, uh, you know, along the way. Um, so it's it's very comprehensive. And we're going to be having a lot of the instructors on the show again for the five-minute segment like we did last year. Uh, so as part of the partnership with the Personal Defense Network. So there's also one huge advantage. Like if you're not going to take the time to or spend the money or travel to take one of their classes, you could at least join the Personal Defense Network. And I think it's really reasonable. It's, it's you know... I don't know. The annual cost of membership is is staggeringly low for the thousands of videos and articles and content that you can download on that site. There's a bunch of free content too, so you can just go over there now or you know after rapid fire <laughs> and uh or on the break and you can see a bunch of articles, you can see a bunch of uh videos and then there is premium content also, but joining the premium content is cheap. So uh, it's worth doing because you get phenomenal instruction and great content videos. Uh, so anyway, check all that out. They're, they're just, I'm really glad to be partnered up with them. And uh, it's great. So another thing that uh, we, um, you know, getting back to the Twitter thing is uh, there was an article on WGME.com, which is some main-based news agency. Uh, I believe it's a CBS, you know, affiliate in Maine. And they kind of put this article out that says that an organization an organization gives Maine an F for failing to pass gun legislation. So when it comes to gun laws, the Giffords Law Center is giving Maine an F. And uh, the center says it's graded states on their gun laws for more than a decade and Maine received a failing grade for this year's annual gun law scorecard. Uh, the center says that the state passed no significant gun legislation, and 178 people in the state died from gun violence in 2022. According to the center, Maine can improve its grade by enacting universal background checks through gun owner license uh, through gun owner licensing pass a child access prevention law, invest in community violence interve- intervention programs, and pass an extreme risk protection law, which, by the way, the Supreme Court uh, of New York struck down the extreme risk, risk protection order that New York enacted and said it's unconstitutional. Uh, but getting back to this article, um, they are lamenting the fact that they have not passed one yet. While New Hampshire also failed on the scorecard, Massachusetts earned an A minus with the group saying that Mass had the lowest gun violence death rate in the country. Um, I find that very interesting, that Mass has the lowest gun violence death rate in the country. I would love to see how they come up with that statistic. Um, However, the one thing they're not looking at is the violent violence rate, because... Massachusetts is far more violent than Maine, New Hampshire, or Vermont. 
So, um, yeah, it's, it's basically this is a scorecard based on gun control, not necessarily uh, the fact that they are a safer state than Massachusetts just to the south of them. Uh, they're also not a – there is not a um, – you know, the same situation in Vermont and New Hampshire. Those are all three of those states are constitutional carry state. So they've gone the other way. They've eliminated their license to carry. They've, uh, you know, they they don't have any universal background checks and it's a permanentless carry state. They honor uh, people from out of state to carry a gun concealed in their state so long as they're not a prohibited person. And it has worked well for all three states. They are by far... Uh, the three safest states in New England uh, and Massachusetts and Rhode Island fall short of their safety law, you know, of, of their safety. So I'm going to read the report and get back to you on that. But it's not necessarily based in true uh, safety. It's based on their level of gun control. And they don't like it when you don't have gun control. So Anyway, uh, we'll be back after this year. If you're hearing this, though, and you don't have a gun license, Massachusetts is still a a state that requires a license. And we have regularly scheduled classes. I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies only and couples classes. Sign up at capegunworks.com. We'll be right back. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, the show on guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I want to thank everyone who listens each and every week. We appreciate you, and we'd like to bless you for listening. <laughs> Not only do we feel we're putting out some content that you might be interested in, uh, but we like to give away to, the, to our loyal listeners. And this week, we had a giveaway, uh, the winner of the book by Larry Correa, who we interviewed last week um, in defense of the Second Amendment, is Jack M. So look for an email from us. You will be getting the book in defense of the Second Amendment by Larry Correa. Great uh, interview last week. Uh, He's a great guy, great staunch supporter of the Second Amendment, plus he's a a prolific novelist. Uh, But you can check out his work. Um, 
you, online. You can get his book on Amazon. Uh, but Jack is going to get his book from us. So we appreciate you listening, Jack. And this week's giveaway is a Pelican R40 Ruck case. This is a little uh, individual personal utility case by Pelican. It is a pretty cool um, case that uh, clamps down true to form of all Pelican stuff with an O-ring. It's waterproof. It'll float. Uh, You can put your cell phone in there. You can put an extra battery. You could put matches in there if you're camping or something like that. It's a nice little personal uh, watertight, crush-proof, dust-proof personal utility case. It's got some nice big latches and handles on it. And uh, take it camping. Take it on the road with you. Uh, That will be given away this week. So if you want to enter the giveaway, go to rapidfireradio.us, sign up, and win. Scroll down a bit. You'll see the contest giveaway. And uh, we'll post the winner on next week's show. This week's discount code on capegunworks.com is musket. So the the assault weapon of 1776, musket, M-U-S-K-E-T. By the way, I should have had um, Professor Claw rip the audio off Twitter of that teacher who... Um, says, maybe I'll ask him to find it on the break, but... Um, you don't need an AR-15. There was a teacher who uh, said that she's read the Second Amendment, and there's nowhere in it that says AR-15. Uh, so go ahead, I'll wait while you, you know, look look it over, and I, I'll... So what's funny is... Um, the Jeff obvious thing, the obvious uh, answer to that is, huh, does it talk about computers? Does it talk about printers? Does it talk about ballpoint pens? Um, under that logic, we'd be using uh, quill and ink. So just, uh, you know, the touche there, but uh, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. So anyway... Um, that's kind of the fun stuff you uh, you see on um, Twitter, but I know it makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, whatever, but anyway, um, so yeah, we appreciate appreciate everybody. Also, while you're on Twitter, vote in our poll. You don't want to miss out. So this week's poll, oh, we had it. Now it's gone. There it is. This week's poll is: What do you want to see the next? Supreme Court challenge, the next 2A subject to reach the Supreme Court. Any assault weapons ban, any NFA items, uh, the whole NFA items subject matter, the magazine ban or the bump stock or, you know, rare breed triggers, that type of thing, bump stock type of thing. Uh, So those are your four uh, answers to the question. Go ahead and vote in our poll on Rapid Fire Radio on Twitter or go to rapidfireradio.us. Scroll down and vote in our poll. Right now, it's trending at 66% of you want to see assault weapon ban challenge at the Supreme Court level. And 33% of you are saying you want to see the NFA items challenged at the Supreme Court level. It would be really cool to see suppressors taken off the NFA Short-barreled rifles, short-barreled shotguns, machine guns. There's no reason. It's taxation without representation, if you ask me. Um, But all those should be taken off the NFA registry. And um, 
Also, you can give us a call at 508-444-2120 and let us know what you think about that question. I'd be happy to talk to you about that. And by the way, we got James on the line with his, with a question. Go ahead, James. I had my FID card. Uh, I went to renew it, and they said I couldn't renew it because of a, a charge I had 29 years ago. Hmm. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to follow up with a question, but... Uh, James, the qu- the question I have for you is, uh, what is the charge? Is it a felony, and is it punishable by more than two and a half years in prison? So, if it is, if it was punishable by more than two and a half years in prison, then correct, you won't be eligible to get your FID or your LTC. Also, I would say, um, if it's not a crime that is punishable by more than two and a half years in jail then they're lying to you. Submit your application and let them deny you in writing so that you can appeal it and challenge it and get your rights restored to you. So that's my recommendation. Uh, And if if you didn't apply before June or July, uh, definitely reapply because all things have changed since uh, the Bruin case came out. And that's one of the reasons for the poll question today was um, we saw, you know, the Bruin is the most recent Supreme Court ruling that has come out. Later in the second hour, we're going to have uh, Christy Turtle from the Heller Foundation on. And I heard, rumor has it, we might have a cameo appearance by Dick Heller himself, which would be great. Um, He has pledged to come on the show later um, in the year when his schedule frees up. There's like three different lawsuits he's a party to. So that's been consuming all his time. So um, we have his... Uh, spokesperson for, or the director of, uh, what is her official title? We got to get on this before the show starts, but I think it's either legislative action or legal action. I'm not quite sure. It might be legal action, uh, director of legal action for the Heller Foundation. So we got Christy coming on in the second hour. That's going to be awesome. But that got us thinking about what is, you know, potentially going to go before the Supreme Court. Well, one of the things that is definitely headed to the Supreme Court, we don't know if they're going to hear it or not, but is the bump stock ban. That is definitely trending to go towards the um, to the Supreme Court because uh, Merrick Garland has decided to appeal it based on the, we have two U.S. Circuit Courts that have upheld the bump stock ban. And we have one U.S. Circuit Court, the one, I think it's the Fifth Circuit in Texas, that has overturned the bump stock ban and called and deemed it unconstitutional. So now there's a difference of opinion by the Circuit Court. So there needs to be what's known as a unifying uh, decision. Um, so the Supreme Court, you know, technically should step in and, and, cause otherwise the, all the people in Texas don't have to live by the laws in the Ninth and the, you know, fourth or whatever, third circuit, whatever the other circuits were that challenged it, and it was upheld. So that's this, you know, uh, it's it's not a consistent, it's a split decision um, from circuit court to circuit court. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see if the Supreme Court takes it. I, I imagine they would, but it almost is like they should just cut and paste what they did after Bruin, and send it back to the lower courts and say, in light of the decision in you know New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, uh, we 
grant, remand, and vacate uh, this case back to the lower court to get it right. So that's what I'd like to see. But um, actually, I take that back. I would actually like to see them grant it and rule on it because then it'll be done quicker. But they could rule on it. I'm no lawyer, but um, it sounds like they could rule on it by just putting that footnote like uh, the GVRs that they've done on all the other ones and say, hey, you got this wrong in light of uh, – and, and John Crump actually has a uh, an article about this on Ammo Land today um, about how – I'm going to read just a small snippet of it, but it's basically the footnote to end all gun control. So – Um, The United States of America is founded on the presumption of innocence after the Supreme Court's landmark New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin Supreme Court decision. There's now a presumption that gun laws are unconstitutional unless the government can prove there was a similar law at the time of ratification of the Second Amendment. According to the Bruin decision, the interest balancing test does not apply to the Second Amendment cases. The courts can only rely on original text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment. The decision has put most anti-gun politicians and advocates in a precarious position. Almost no gun control existed at the time of the Second Amendment's ratification, with the combination of little to no supporting historical evidence. And I would actually add to that, sorry, John, don't mean to you know steal your thunder here, but not only was no gun control existing, The words shall not be infringed were added. So anyway, uh, here we go. With the combination of little to no supporting historical evidence and without the leniency uh, from the previous interest balancing test. So what that means is uh, states like Massachusetts would use this, what they called interest balancing. The legislature would pass gun control wanting to say it's in the best interest of the state that we pass these laws restricting a constitutional right, but because we all want it, that's why we're going to get it. And the Supreme Court has said, "Eh -eh, not going to work. You can't take people's rights away because you think you can. Can you split a playing card? John Collis, the author of the book Pistol Practice, will be conducting a special class at Cape Gunworks on Saturday, April 22nd. Go to capegunworks.com, click on the training calendar, look John Collis up to sign up. And by the way, he keeps shooting fun. That's what his whole book is based on. Make it fun. All right, we will be right back. I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. hard to leave shots like these to chance. Now you never have to compromise performance again. Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth hits ducks and upland birds with 9.6 gram per cubic centimeter pellets sourced from heavy shot. 22% denser than steel. More energy downrange. Launched by the Flight Control Flex Wad, Heavy Bismuth patterns consistently and is safe in all shotguns. Loaded in the USA by Federal Ammunition. Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we were just talking before the break about uh, this interest balancing case, uh, or which used to be the standard, and that's how gun control has survived the test of time for the past 50, 60 years. 
And it wasn't until the Bruin case, which came up this past June, that the Supreme Court said, no, we're not going to take this anymore because it's a constitutionally protected enumerated right. And no one would tolerate the same application of this interest balancing test to any other right. The Second Amendment is not a second class right, and therefore it is afforded the same protection as all the other enumerated constitutional rights. Plus, it goes one step further to say, shall not be infringed. It's almost like our founders knew the, the propensity of tyrants or the propensity of government was to restrict and to take away rights. And so, therefore, they put shall not be infringed. And, uh, you know, I think they were genius for doing it. Some of the other things that are in the news is Florida became the 26th state to allow permitless carry or constitutional carry, as it's so often called. Um, this one, I guess, doesn't meet the quite the true definition of constitutional carry because apparently it still uh, limits a person uh, from carrying open. So it doesn't allow for the open carry of arms. So some people are trying to get into the nuance of is this truly constitutional carry? And some people are upset that it didn't go far enough. I say, let's take the wins where we get them. Any restoration of our rights is good. So if we didn't get all of what we wanted, but we got, you know, seven-eighths of it or three-quarters of it um, or nine-tenths of it, uh, that's a win. That's a big win. Um, And I think that just like when Vermont was the only constitutional carry state in the country— And other states were considering it, and they were saying, the blood is going to flow in the streets. You know, people will end all disputes with a gunfight in the middle of Main Street, like the shootout at the OK Corral. And when that didn't happen, more and more states started to add constitutional carry and say, hey, you know what? This isn't happening in any other state, so uh, yeah, let's consider it. Let's restore the rights. There's no reason for us to continue to sell a license, permit, fee, you know, keep track of all this and, uh, you know, make it harder for people who aren't prohibited to buy and possess and carry a gun, which is pretty self-evident. It's pretty obvious to the per- to the average critical thinker or the even, you know, mild thinker. Um, it, you know, it doesn't make sense to restrict the actions of those who aren't responsible for the most violent crime in America. Uh, and conversely, you can lock up the most violent criminals and make, you know, see a crime reduction rate happen instantly. Uh, but getting back to this, um, this is a win for the Second Amendment. And let's just say in a couple of years when the blood's not flowing in the streets because of, you know, permitless carry, they might say, OK, let's let allow open carry now as things are challenged. You know, uh, there's also challenges that will happen in uh in light of this Bruin decision that we've been talking about, uh, if somebody does get arrested for open carrying in in Florida, then I'm sure that it'll be challenged on the whether or not it can stand the legal test. Uh, speaking of other legal challenges, um, we have another case that was won 
in California for the Unsafe, Unsafe Handgun Act. We talked about this a week or two ago on the show about the Unsafe Handgun Act, how it was uh, dealt a blow by a district court judge who um, who said it's unconstitutional. Well, guess what? A second uh, federal judge has also ruled that the Unsafe Handgun Act is is unconstitutional, uh, a, def- a separate lawsuit. This is by the Second Amendment Foundation and the Golden State Gun Owners. Uh, so Chief Judge Dana M. Sabra of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of California, he was a 2003 George W. Bush appointee, stayed his own ruling pending an appeal, um, further hearing on the case, whichever comes first, at the end of his 30-page ruling. But basically he... Um, so he granted an injunction, but then he stayed his own injunction so that the whole Benita's Freedom Week thing won't happen all over again. Uh, and most people are okay with this. They've been living with this concealed, um, this unsafe handgun act since like I think 2012, if my memory serves me correctly. And uh, so another few months isn't going to kill anybody to make sure it gets done correctly. I think that's huge because... Um, the last thing we need is them to say, oh my gosh, this, you know, there's no organized, um, you know, uh, <laughs> rollout of this. But anyway, um, so we'll see what happens if they end up appealing these decisions up to the Ninth Circuit. It's almost, I'm sure that's why he put a stay on it because it's probably, you know, about a hundred percent chance of this getting appealed. But the point of all this is that all it's doing is delaying the inevitable. And that's one of my, you know, wishes, if you will, from the Supreme Court, that they wouldn't just GVR these down to the lower courts, that they would just actually rule on them and just do it with the footnote, like John Crump says. See, uh, you know, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. This has been vacated. Uh, And basically make it unconstitutional, rule it unconstitutional because it was using that uh, second step of scrutiny uh, instead of strict scrutiny to to put it out there in the first place. I think that could solve a lot of problems. It could clear up the courts. It could, uh, you know, just make it easier. Uh, But it's pretty obvious what's going to happen in the long run. Um, So anyway, we'll see how that goes. Uh, there's all kinds of lawsuits um, that's that's been happening uh, federally, you know, throughout the country. One of which is here in Massachusetts, and the Firearms Policy Coalition has a case before the Massachusetts uh, First Circuit uh, called the uh, Granada v. It used to be Granada v. Healy. Now it's Granada v. Campbell. Um, and they had their oral arguments uh, heard yesterday. I have not got to listen to that yet, but there is an audio recording of it on FPC's website. You're welcome to check that out. Um, I just haven't had a chance to, to do that yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's about a 41-minute um, audio, and I tried to find it live. I couldn't find it. I emailed, I texted one of the lawyers in the case and asked him what's going on. And he said he didn't, he, he noticed somebody said you can't record or stream via cell phone. So apparently somebody did uh, record it and hopefully um, 
that would be that would be good. Uh, if you know, some I'm going to listen to it and break it down and all that, and we'll talk about that. So we'll see where that goes. But this Granada v. Campbell case is challenging the Massachusetts approved weapons roster, and it's right on the coattails of the two losses in California that challenged the Mass uh, the California un safe handgun act so this is good this is really good it's happening right in a row and i believe if i'm not mistaken this case was actually dismissed in massachusetts because the approved weapons roster has been held up in district court several times uh in the past whatever 15 years and uh so it was just dismissed again saying like it's already been ruled on but since the bruin case they redocketed it and had its oral arguments yesterday in court. What a day to have your oral arguments heard uh, with everything else going on on the day that uh, Trump was, you know, being arraigned in Manhattan. So uh, that's probably why we didn't really hear much about it. But good news, that's positive movement in the right direction. And now the state has to tell a federal judge in light of Bruin um, how their gun control or how this mass approved weapons roster, how these attorney general's regulations don't violate the text, history, and tradition of the Second Amendment, uh, restricting your ability to and your right to keep and bear arms. And also, forget Bruin for a second. We have Heller and McDonald also, which were, you know, talking about guns, bearable arms that are in common and ordinary use. Those are a right of the people to buy guns that are in common and ordinary use. So there's three landmark decisions that they have to sit there and defend these unconstitutional laws against. And, you know, frankly, I think uh, they have a hard time of doing that. Even if they get a hand-picked judge that's going to rule in their favor, it's going to be appealed it's going to be. It's going to go to the Supreme Court if it goes past the circuit court, um, and you know, I I would hope that Massachusetts would just say, you know what, we we get the message, and uh, yeah, there's no, I don't see any pathway to victory in this case based on text, history, and tradition. So we're going to just forgo this, uh, you know, a couple decades long. Uh, waste of everybody's time or 15 years waste of everybody's time backdoor gun bans and such and arbitrary rules by our attorney general to try to keep everybody safe except the 60% of police departments that use guns that aren't on the on the roster so yeah we have that going for us too so anyway uh, we will be right back if you travel or you want to get a license to carry in multiple states Check out the Utah 36 state concealed carry class. You get everything you need to apply for the Utah license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link today to book the class. I will be right back. Firearm for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. 
Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Let's talk about guns for a minute. Uh, this week's Gun of the Week, we, we take a segment out of every show and we talk about cool gun alert, right? Well, one gun that has been around for well over 50 years and has evolved itself over that 50-year period and, you know, keep keeps kind of reinventing itself as it goes. Now, this isn't like artificial intelligence obviously it's uh ruger is the the mind behind the evolution so uh but it's the ruger 1022 it's a classic almost everybody self-respecting gun owner uh says they have a 1022 or maybe it was the first gun or it's the gun their parents bought them to learn how to shoot or it's the gun you pull out when you're taking someone new to the range that type of that's the type of gun that this is plus it's also comes in so many different iterations. I don't even know how many SKUs there are for the Ruger 1022, but I would guess that there's probably 50 or 60, maybe even 70 different versions of this gun. The one in my hand here uh, is the Ruger 1022 um, takedown with a threaded barrel, a heavy fluted barrel that's... Um, you know, in the takedown configuration, which is just kind of cool. If you've never seen the takedown uh, of the Ruger 1022, it's one little lever that you pull and the you turn it quarter turn to the left, and uh, it. Well, I guess it depends how you're looking at it, whether it's left or right, but um, it it comes right apart. It splits right after the breech, and it, I just think it's super cool. They make all kinds of different stocks for it. That you know the the part you take off will fit into it if you get the Magpul Hunter stock. But this one's neat because it's got the fluted heavy barrel um, and the threaded muzzle. So if you want a takedown but you don't want to sacrifice like super match grade accuracy, um, the Ruger 10-22 takedown heavy barrel might be a good option for you. But there's all kinds of other options out there. Um, and they've also taken some cues from the aftermarket uh, options. So they have a BX-22 trigger that's like a drop-in trigger for this gun that's a a better trigger. They also have put a larger mag release than the early models. So some of them have this, you know, longer, larger uh, mag release that you can pop the mag out with. Uh, The one thing they haven't done yet um, is make it so that when the bolt is in the locked back position and you insert a new mag, you just got to pull back on the bolt and let it go. That's still kind of a funky two-step process. You pull back on the bolt, you push the little uh, bolt catch in front of the trigger guard and then let go and it goes forward. 
But that's, you know, small potatoes. I just say they've had over 50 years to fix that and haven't. And uh, But there's some good aftermarket options for that as well if you want to do that. But tons of varieties in this gun. Uh, tons of options for aftermarket parts. Uh, there's even pre-band mags that exist that were, you know, because the gun's been around for so long. So you can get 30-round, like, Butler Creek mags that um, existed prior to the 94 assault weapons ban that we live under here in Massachusetts. And just a lot of options. It comes optics ready. You, you can put a Picatinny rail on top. Uh, it, the top of the receiver is drilled and tapped, and there's so many different companies that make rails for it. But you're going to have a ball shooting this gun, and all of the 1022s that are in stock right now are the rapid fire gun of the week. I'm just happy to showcase this one, and uh, it's super cool. If you don't have one, uh, you can't consider yourself a self-respecting gun owner without a Ruger 1022. Uh, I know that's unfair to say, but I said it, and uh, it's the one gun, it's the one rifle that I haven't sold. Uh, you know, I haven't probably had any other gun for as long as I've had the Ruger 1022. So, um, super cool gun. All my kids grew up shooting it. Uh, performs well, and uh, it's a classic. So. Uh, love to hear about that in the chat as well. If you guys want to sound off about your 1022, which model do you have and what's your favorite? But anyway, um, if you want this gun, go to rapidfireradio.us and click on the Gun of the Week button in the banner and use G-O-W at checkout and you'll get a special deal on whatever 1022 you pick at Cape Gunworks website. So... More after this, we're going to get right to the chat, I promise, and your questions. If you want to be on the line, it's 508-444-2120. We'll be right back. This is is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Personal Defense Network. For years, we've been the Internet's leading destination for high-quality information on equipment, training, and your preparation for personal or home defense. Our videos are meant for those who are serious about enhancing their ability to use efficient techniques to survive a dynamic critical incident. But now we've stepped things up even higher. We've added hours of high quality training videos just for our premium members. This content takes the body of work that is the Personal Defense Network up to an even higher level. Our goal with the Personal Defense Network is simple. Provide you with the highest quality video learning tips that are available. You'll find them inside of the premium membership. All you have to do is choose how to get started and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, a weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And as promised, I'm going to jump right into the chat um, and answer some of your questions. So uh, let's see here. Um, Four Boxes Diner put out a video about the mass roster, said the First Circuit seemed receptive to the 2A argument that the roster is essentially a ban. Oh, good. That's exciting news. Um... Maine is great. I can shoot on my land all day and night. Uh, yeah, I agree. Maine is the way life should be, Davey. So uh, it, it is great. Um, so I see signs all the time that say we don't call 911. I'm up there. <laughs> Makes me smile. Interesting, KP. Uh, so um, no, Maine is, there's nothing new in Maine. It's just, uh, it's a great place to go. And, you know, they did away with all their laws. The only gun law that really is, uh, the the uh, most pertinent gun law that they have is if you get pulled over and you're carrying a gun, you have to um, 
you have to disclose to the police officer that uh, you are carrying. That's it. So other than that, there's really no gun laws. Um, so anyway, uh, thank you, Anne Marie. She says Cape Gunworks shipping is extremely fast. Um, so yeah, we we try to get it out in short order, and uh, I appreciate you guys um, placing an order with us. And Anne Marie, there was a little glitch in our system. She was trying to buy uh, some magazines that we had like a bunch in stock, but they weren't showing up on our website. So I think we fixed it. But uh, every once in a while, something like that happens. And because that mag is so hard to get nationally, uh, it wasn't showing up that it ships from distributors either because uh, they're out of stock everywhere. So that was the SIG 360, I'm sorry, the SIG 320 compact mag. And uh, we have them in the 10-round model if, if anyone else needs them. So, And 500's just pointing out that uh, I shot well with the Desert Eagle at the zombie clown. And he says, I guess you weren't clowning around. But we are here all day, folks. No two shows are the same. Uh, but, yeah, the first shot went right down the hatch of the zombie clown. Uh, but if... if you guys look at that video again. You'll see I wasn't really facing the camera because I knew I was leaking out of my forehead. I you are fake news. I should have wore a hat <laughs> and the brass was coming back and dinging me off the forehead. And I had to take Advil. I mean, it was that bad. But uh, it was funny because um, you can hear at the end of the video, I know Professor Claw tried to cut it out, but uh, you can hear Brendan say, you're bleeding. <laughs> and uh, so it, it made the final cut. And then you can kind of see, I, when I turn my head quick, that the blood is running down my face. And uh, that's why you wear a hat when you uh, shoot the Desert Eagle. And in my haste, I forgot, to, I forgot the golden rule of shooting a deagle is you got to protect yourself at all times. Because <laughs> that thing is going to throw some heavy brass your way. But anyway, everyone else shot it and no one else got knocked in the head. So it was just my... I guess it was the break-in period, or maybe I didn't have a good stout shooting platform. I don't know. Anyway, um, so Guns and Water says that he got Twitter after Elon reinstated Trump, but he doesn't use it. It has no value to me. Um, yeah, I, I often looked at it that way myself, but I do seem to find it interesting for a little bit of nuance. And I, you know what? I find it to be a little less echo chamberish than my Instagram feed, especially because Instagram won't, um, you know, I don't see other stuff. And for some reason, I don't know what the algorithm is in Twitter, but I see other stuff. I see stuff posted by people I don't agree with all the time and stuff. Uh, so I find it to be a little bit more engaging. And uh, that's just the way it is. Stuff that pops up in my feed doesn't pop up in my feed and other social media. So I think that's why I've found it to be um, a little bit more um, interesting of late. But anyway, there's certain things that I can't stand about it. Like A, I can't edit a post and B, it limits me because I want to post something a lot longer, but I don't get the chance to, unfortunately. So um, let's see. Uh, um and about those, we don't call 911 signs, KP, uh, they make me smile too. It reminds me of 1993. Everyone had one of those on their 
ammo can or whatever back in the day. But at the end of the day, it's probably not the truth of the matter. Uh, hopefully not anyway, uh, because certain things can be stopped by 911. But, um, you know, if there's an accident in front of your house, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, you're not going to come out with a gun. But I understand the sentiment behind it. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see. 500 says, I love this channel. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. You guys make it great. And uh, Anne Marie says she's not shadowed on Twitter. So that's cool. Uh, you, you end up uh, not getting a shadow ban. That's true. I feel like my content isn't, uh, it, it reached more people uh, since the Elon takeover. Um, G23 says it would be awesome to see suppressors and vending machines. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, we joke about that often, but if we dealt correctly with crime, that wouldn't be very far off from the truth, right? Like, why do you have to restrict the people you don't have to worry about? If You obviously have to worry about it when you keep releasing criminals into the public, but if you don't release criminals into the public and you arrest them and you put them in jail for the fullest extent of the law, you know, if they're guilty, then you don't have to worry about it. Uh, the career criminal is something that shouldn't happen. They should be serving their career in prison, not out on the streets. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, I, I think it's uh, outrageous that we continue to put violent people back into society. Um, Davey points out that history shows that gun control was so outrageous that they started their own country over it. And that's a true story. Um, absolutely. Uh, it was This is the government that the forefathers were thinking about when they wrote the Second Amendment. And I would say you're exactly right, KP. Uh, and Duncan, you got to loosen up your schedule, buddy. It's, he says, dang it, work gets in the way of listening. Uh, but the volume is back up now, so... Uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta loosen some stuff up in your schedule. You know, maybe take Wednesday afternoons off so you can listen. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can listen a number of different ways. If you miss it because of work, you can always tune in at RapidFireRadio.us and catch the show, or go to YouTube or whatever Rumble. Um, and G23 points out that constitutional carry equals absolutely no restrictions. Permitless carry allows concealed carry without permits. Touche. No, fair enough. I understand the point. And uh, Duncan points out also that the blood is flowing in Chicago. There's wicked strict gun laws there. That's true. Um, that that the most gun-controlled areas are usually the most violent violent areas. And maybe they're not always gun violence but or violence committed with a firearm. I hate that term, gun violence. And why do we have to parse out the nuance of violence is violence? Um Crime is crime. I don't care if it was done with a gun, with a bat, with a whip, with a car, with a Molotov cocktail. It's it's a crime, and you should be prosecuted with it. If you had a gun on you in the commission of said crime, what's the difference? It's still the, the crime is the crime. And you're not going to put them in jail for any longer if they have a gun or not anyway. It's just posturing. And the fact of the matter is, um, all you're doing is threatening the person who's actually not a criminal with steeper potential charges if they screw up while they have their gun on them. 
you know, that's really the, the teeth of that law. It has nothing to do with what a criminal is worried about. He's like, oh, no, I can't commit a crime with a gun because that'll add another five years to my sentence. No, it won't. <laughs> You're going to be out in a matter of months anyway, no matter what, you know, based on the way things go in a lot of these uh, soft-on-crime cities and states. Hopefully, Nebraska will be the next, North Carolina and South Carolina. Yeah, there's a lot of debate in South Carolina, Carolina right now, and I feel... North Carolina and South Carolina, almost the same way I felt about Florida, which what took you so long, Florida? You sat on the throne. You had the moniker of the gunshine state, and yet you didn't have permitless or constitutional carry. It was kind of like Texas. Like Texas forever was like you couldn't carry a gun in Texas concealed or open or otherwise until like I think it was the early 90s. And then they made, like, constitutional carry a thing, uh, I would say, I think within the last six or eight years. Um, so, but they were, you know, touting Texas, you know, Texas, Texas, Texas. And yet Massachusetts had, you know, a license to carry long before uh, Texas did. So for a while there, Massachusetts was freer than Texas when it came to the right to carry laws. But... North Carolina and South Carolina, I'm looking at you. Why are you not a permitless or constitutional carry state now? You're a gun-friendly state. Get it done. Let's go. Hurry up. Um, There's a lot of states like that that I can't believe aren't constitutional carry. But I think we're going to see two or three more uh, come come down the pipe. Brian uh, is looking for a recommendation for a rifle safe. Depends on if you want, like, deep storage like make sure no one with a torch can get in or you're just trying to stay compliant and have it as a quick access type of safe if that's the case i would look at the vault tech or the hornady um, quick access safes oh my. but if you want something that's a more robust heavy duty safe um, we sell these ones by sports afield they have a 75 minute fire rating and uh, they also have what i love about them in in light of uh, in contrast to other safe manufacturers, is they, uh, which really makes sense in Massachusetts, is they have a not only a fire rating but a water rating. So they'll they'll keep water out up to three feet if you install them properly in your house. Uh, three feet up, they'll keep water from leaking in. So that's huge. So um, yeah, check that out. Um, we have them in stock. I got a variety of them uh, in the in the. Um, in the shop here and I can show you firsthand what they're like. They have an electronic lock that you can get into pretty quick. So um, CCDL is going after Connecticut for pistol brace and SBR, possibly light at the end of the tunnel. We can only hope that's true, Brooke. Um, thank you for chiming in there. And uh, thank you guys. Sorry I didn't get to all the questions. Um, this is the end of the first segment. Um, uh, but we have another whole hour. Uh, so if you missed the first hour, you can always listen to it at rapidfireradio.us. You can always ask us some questions. You can fire up the chat or the text line at 508-444-2120. Uh, go to rapidfireradio.us. Ask your questions there. Check out some of our online content. Uh, we've been doing all kinds of fun videos you might want to check out on YouTube. We'll be 
probably doing some more of those. We chatted a little bit with it. And uh, I didn't really get to ask the question, why the uptick in gun sales? Although I think I know the answer, but maybe we'll fit that in some other time or maybe it'll make it a whole question next week. But you want to stick around because we have Christy Turtle from the Heller Foundation next hour. You don't want to miss this interview. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we're really excited about that. So stay tuned. And we'll see you next time, or we'll see you on the other side of the break. And uh, I'm Toby Leary. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level... It can tear up a family. He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. To have everything you worked for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. For quite a long time, duck hunters have been shooting steel, but in the past few years, you've really seen a resurgence of a material called bismuth. And what bismuth is, it's got a density a lot closer to lead than steel, where, where steel's density is right around 7.8 or so, and lead's right around 11 grams per cc. Bismuth comes in about 9.6. So just to kind of lay it out for you, if you've got two objects flying at the same speed, the one that is denser at the same speed is going to hit a lot harder. So a great example is like how we're hunting today. We're out, we're out here on the, we're literally hunting a bay on the ocean. Fantastic spot. But the wind's coming in pretty hard. Normally shooting the size ducks like the Eurasian Wisions and Teals that we're shooting at today, I would probably choose to shoot like a, a number four steel. But because the wind's higher, I would maybe go to a number two because I'd get more energy and let the, let the steel carry further. Bismuth allows you to go one shot size smaller and still hit the bird just as hard as you would. 
Now what that allows you to do, we're shooting a number three shot today. So we're getting all the pellets of a number three load, but we're getting all the energy of a number two steel shot. So it's gonna hit harder. It's really gonna extend your range. Still meets all the lead-free requirements everywhere you are. Just a great product. And you'll definitely notice the power that you hit the birds with. Another thing with the Federal Premium Heavy Bismuth is we're shooting the flight control wad. So you can choke that with any choke you want, whether that's ported or not. Getting incredibly tight patterns. Again, more pellets on the bird, just hits them hard. Welcome to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Make sure you tune in each and every week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120, anytime we're live or any time of the day or night, and leave a message. Uh, You can check us out on all of our social media channels. We're at Rapid Fire Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, etc., and at Cape Gunworks. And so I am really happy to have on on the line with us here for the second hour is Christy Turtel, who is the, I'm going to try to get this right, the National Director of Legislative Policy at the Heller Foundation. How'd I do? Oh, no. Go ahead. Say that one more time. Do we? You did good, kid. Uh, all right. Good. Awesome. So awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Christy. Um, why don't you tell our listeners uh, just tell us about you, what it is you do, what got you involved with the uh, Heller Foundation, and um, we appreciate you coming on the show, so thank you for that. And um, if you, you know, give us an overview of what it is you do in the day-to-day and what got you started. Ready, set, floor is yours. I love it. Thank you so much for this incredible opportunity to be on air. I just want to start that I was actually at Cape Gunworks two weeks ago, and it is by far the best gun range in store in New England. So go, make sure you guys check them out. Um, as you said, Chrissy Tertel, um, National Director of Legislative Policy at the Heller Foundation. Um, where do I start? I am the resident Australian-American. Um, I am a dual citizen. I have a ton of degrees that is equivalent to $500,000 in student loan debt. And I make my living telling my story and teaching other people how uh, essentially storytelling is the way to change hearts and minds with the God-given constitutionally entrenched right to self-defense. I met Dick Heller as a speaker escort at an event called CPAC, which is, if you're not familiar with conservative or Republican politics, it's essentially the Super Bowl or the shot show of politics. Anyone who's anyone is there. Um, usually we range about two to 3,000 international um, media are there. And I think this year we ranged at about a quarter million people attended. So this is wow. um, This is what actually broke me in politics. Um, five and a half years ago, I was a speaker escort. I was in a horrible, horrible relationship. Prior to meeting Mr. Heller, I had been beaten into a coma six times. Mm. I had been found left for dead in a dumpster in Baltimore. And I got the opportunity to work backstage at CPAC. It was still in Washington, D.C., because this is obviously post-COVID you know, pre and pre-communism takeover. And um, I was putting makeup on a black eye, and... 
we kind of hit it off. And that year was the 10-year anniversary of the Heller decision. Mm. Up until that time, I had no idea who the guy was. He was a super nice grandfather figure, really outgoing and friendly. I had no idea how big of a deal he was until I did a little research on my own. Um, it's, it's really crazy, but um, when I was attending law school at Sydney Uni in Australia, I won a ticket to eat dinner with Justice Scalia mm. about three months after he had written that decision wow. in 2008. So it's, it's kind of strange and maybe God godly even that the stars aligned in, in that regard. Well, um, let, me, let me stop you right there for a second because the stars have aligned again and we have uh, Rich Heller on the phone right now with us. He's joining us on the phone. Uh, so, uh, Rich, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate that. What a great surprise. How are you today? Uh, remember uh, James Bond? Yeah. <laughs> the name is Dude. A dude, Gun, gun Dude. dude. <laughs> right. Well, you are the gun dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I appreciate you checking in with us here, and uh, thanks so much. And uh, go ahead and say hello to the fans of Rapid Fire and all the listeners and tell them what you do and what made you the gun dude. To the Second Amendment world, uh, Christy is a fabulous speaker, but she does me too much honor. I don't call it the Heller decision. Christy, tell them what I really call it. Are we going with the landmark? <laughs> what is it? That magnificent Justice Scalia decision. Yes, that is true. May he rest uh, in I peace. I don't have an ego. Uh, it, let's give let's give uh, the brilliant attorneys <laughs> and uh, Scalia the proper due. Bless his heart. Mm. Well, I appreciate you being willing to put yourself out there time and again. You've been involved in multiple. Uh, Legis- uh, lawsuits that you know have affirmed our right to keep and bear arms in a couple of different ways, right? There was one more recently. Oh, let's see, we got uh, Heller four and five. We won last year, mm. and uh, I've had Heller six sent to the lawyers, geez, m- months ago, and they're still sucking their thumb. I think I don't know. Yeah, um, and most of this got started in Washington D.C., correct? Uh, well, yes. You, what happens is you have the federal courts all right here. So when uh, I when you have a, an important case, uh, in my case, I just walked across the street. I lived one block from the Supreme Court, so we just walked across the street to hear our case, the first one, the magnificent Scalia case mm. decision. Uh, and what I do now is. Um, at, at two o'clock in the morning, I have these wild dreams, and they come up with ideas for for to fight uh, city uh, gun laws. Mm. And it sounds weird, but I guess my mind never sleeps. <laughs> it seems like I'm different from most people. Well, maybe you're wired towards you. You have a proclivity towards freedom, or a, a bent towards freedom. And when you're infringed upon, it it disrupts your. Uh, what is it, the saccadic, uh, or um, I know, what is that called when the uh, circadian circadian rhythm? rhythm. That's what I'm trying to, yeah. So it's messed with your circadian rhythm when things are out of balance uh, as far as the the law is concerned. But um, Well, what happens is, what what happens is, uh, Jefferson said, it is the nature of freedom to yield 
and uh, tyranny to uh, uh, was intrude. Mm. And then, and the rhinos are perfect examples of that. They should be our, our defending our bastion of freedom. But what happens is you have to, you, they take our money, may, uh, create laws that take away our liberty, and then we have to spend our own money to fight back for liberty. Example, uh, I think I sent Christy something that I just saw today for the first time. A Marine somewhere was in California, yes, was driving, he had, for some reason, he had $85,000 cash in his, in his car. Cops pulled him over for an, uh, for, uh, a, uh, an incidental traffic stop because he was following somebody too close, snatched his, his, uh, briefcase of money. Uh, you know, maybe he had taken it down to buy gold or something. Who knows? But they said they kept his money, didn't charge him. So he had to, uh, challenge uh, the system with a, um, a writ of mandamus, charge me or give me my money back. Mm. And, uh, and the point is that the uh, whatever court that was said that you give him his money back and under these conditions, these agents of the state can be held economically, financially liable. So if every time anyone has their gun rights uh, usurped, infringed upon, what you do is check with a good set of, of uh, uh, prosecutors, prosecuting ex-prosecutor lawyers, and see if you can challenge under the Supreme Court Bivens action or some other state action. Some states have rules that you can sue their agents of the government and hold them financially liable if they... Uh, infringe on your civil rights and it could be it could be a, a, a kick in your door warrantless uh invasion of your household i mean it's just all kinds of things well, let me let me ask this question to both of you to christian uh to the gun dude because this is something that has really been up in my craw for a while about you want to talk exactly about that a violation of your civil rights and 1943 murdoch v pennsylvania was a Supreme Court decision around the First Amendment that said uh, the the court held that it was unconstitutional to charge a fee, to sell a license, to sell a permit in any way, shape, or form for a constitutionally oh, yeah. protected right. How come we've never challenged that when it comes to the Second Amendment? You know what? It has been challenged. Okay. And we've I've completely forgotten about it. Of course, that's lawyers' jobs mm-hmm. is not to forget about it. But I remember, geez, 15 years ago, I remember stumbling across that and wondering why we had to pay any fee right. uh, to, to, if we had to register our guns, why do we have to pay a fee? You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. You've just resurrected an old thought. Let's do it. Let me write that down. (laughs) Yeah. And it goes even further than just charging a fee. It says you specifically can't sell a license or sell a permit for a constitutionally protected right. Because this was, you know, it was a First Amendment case. Uh, It was a Jehovah's Witness in Pennsylvania that they were trying to charge a fee so that he could distribute his pamphlets door to door. And he took it all the way to the Supreme Court and won. 
And that was exactly the wording in this, in this, uh, this case was that it, you know, nope, this is a constitutionally protected activity. You can't sell, sell a fee, charge a uh, fee or sell a license, excuse me, or issue a permit or tax it in any way, shape or form. Uh, it is a free exercise of your constitutionally protected right. And, you know, I'm like, man, somebody needs to bring this <laughs> before, especially in light of this strict scrutiny of the latest case uh, in, sure. in in New York State rifle and pistol. I mean, right. You, they, the state can charge user fees like your hunting license that goes right. into supply certain services like take care of the forest or the fish or something. Uh, but you can't have charge a fee like they do in D.C. just because we want you to register your gun. And oh, by the way, we need some more money. Right. Uh, it is actually illegal. And I think I can't remember in hell or two or three. That was an issue. Um, I can't remember. There were 16 elements of Heller 2 and 3, mm. and that fees were in there, and I, I it's fuzzy now. Um, however, that case in New York, uh, actually that's what one of the things that stimulated uh, the, the magnificent Scalia decision, because there were six of us that started out uh, in in the initial the original challenge and five got rejected and one of them had to do with you had to uh, our guys lost that there was a case in uh, against the the slick uh, Madison Avenue lawyers where uh, they lost our case because we told them you must. Uh, send them a postcard soliciting funds so they have some grounds to sue you on so that you have an administrative uh, piece of paper to challenge with. And that's what that's why we won. Uh, that's why even we got out of the appellate court is because uh, I went down to try to register a gun. And Judge Urbina said after the case was totally thrown out, Alan Gura, the attorney, went back and said, uh, Heller actually got, uh, did try to register a firearm, and, and I had forgotten about that or didn't know it about at the time. And uh, so when Urbina, Judge Urbina saw the form, he says, okay, I will reopen the case uh, to give, even though he's a Democrat, to give proper deference to the citizenry and, and um, uh, standing for their constitutional rights. And his decision said, quote, Heller, parentheses, in going down to register a gun, attempt to register a gun, close parentheses, <laughs> Heller has uh, exhausted all administrative remedy, therefore he has standing, quote, so the case could move forward. And so when if anybody has a challenge to the government, you have to exhaust all remedies. What, and, and usually it's it's a paper shuffle that gets you kicked out of court or a failure to shuffle all the papers properly. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, you know, I, I think about this now. In Massachusetts, we have a uh, pretty arduous process, even post-Bruin decision, to get a license to carry. Without a license to carry, you can't buy a handgun. Without an FID card, you can't buy a, a gun of any type. Um, yeah, and so, yeah. so yeah, so yeah, that's, that's an infringement. But so we're slowly, 
slowly winning. And right. I said about five years ago, the steamroller is hit, is is on our side. Mm. And Bruin really, uh, I mean, McDonald expanded Scalia's decision, magnificent Scalia decision nationwide. And then uh, actually, I read the other day there's been a hundred uh, cases since Bruin, and that was just recently. Yeah. When, and most of them were victorious, or or maybe not the majority of them, but a lot of them were victorious. Some of them might well, still they'll be get pending. slapped in the face at the lower level, then they appeal, and then you know mm-hmm. um, they work their way up. It's it's a long, arduous process. Yeah, expensive too. Just to let everybody know, to be careful, Heller one cost one point two million dollars, and Heller two three cost another one point two million dollars. Amazing. Um, if you win, though. Uh, if your lawyers are smart enough, there's something called the 1983 action that if you win, the law, the the state ha- uh, has to pay all your legal fees. And the nice thing is, then you uh, look at your state laws and see if you can then uh, challenge the agents of the state that did infringe on your civil rights. Mm. Well, interesting. You should get damages. We had... Uh, Heller four, uh, the um, the polymer eighty gun. Yeah, we actually won damages from the state on that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that was uh, your right to build your own firearm in this within D.C. Correct? That was correct. Yeah, yeah, I remember following. So once we got it here, then all of a sudden everybody else around the country has to uh, has to pay attention. Yeah, and they just recently had to redig that well a couple of weeks ago. There was a victory for Polymer 80 down in the, I think it was the Fifth Circuit. Um, that, Louisiana, Texas yeah, area. Yeah, and they down there. they basically said that uh, they were issued a preliminary injunction and given relief to the customers of Polymer 80 in that in that area, and now they're selling them again. So uh, that's good, you know. But it's sad that we need to fight our own government for our constitutionally protected rights, and especially the one that says shall not be infringed. Yes, what what uh, I wish I'd have known, you know, when, when lawyers finish with a case, they, like, dust off their hands and w- walk away and yell, next, right? Right. Next. Uh, I didn't know about Bivens. I just discovered Bivens a couple of years ago. That's where six FBI agents violated Mr. Bivens' civil rights by an invasion of his household in some fashion. Mm. And it's a sealed indictment. It's a sealed decision at the Supreme court. And it said, uh, in 19, I think it was 1967 case 67. Yeah. And these, uh, the, the decision was that the agents of the state, these six FBI agents could be held financially liable for damages. Now, I don't know if they just had to repair his front door or, he sued them for uh, for quadruple damages. I, I, it's sealed. You don't know, mm. so we don't ha- we don't have any breaking ground. And then I'm still just started researching the other day. Someone had uh, I read somewhere. I told one lawyer about it, and he steered me to something that said Bivens has been dulled by the Supreme Court and limited to certain situations. So we've got a lot of research to do on that but um would i i i sent uh, did i sent christy today um and uh, another buddy 
the um, the California decision, yeah. and I'll be happy to send it to you. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, do I text it to this 508 number that I dial? Yep, that'd be great. You can send it you right there. You take text? Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'll send it to you, and you can cover it on the air. And uh, if I send it now, when will you see it? We'll see it pretty pretty quick, right? I think it's uh, within seconds. Uh, we should, hopefully. Okay, it's just like a regular text. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, I will stop monopolizing. And, Christy, I love it when you tell the story about what I did for you. It's, it's better you when you're not on air next to me, though, because usually when you start crying, then I start crying, and then it's kind of a, no- a monopoly effect. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a great surprise, Rich. I really appreciate, or excuse me, uh, great surprise, gun dude, that you, you joined us here, uh, and we appreciate you, and uh, you've become for the Second Amendment community, uh, a household name. And uh, we appreciate you putting yourself out there, organizing, hiring great people like uh, Christy to to keep moving the the chains down the field and kicking the ball up the hill. We're definitely going to have to do this again and get you on for the full hour if you'd be okay with that. Let's do it. Oh, gosh. Christy is a much better talker than I am. <laughs> I just happened to have something that was my hot button today that you pushed. Yeah. So I did something more than just stumble and babble. Um, I will say this. Uh, how big is your audience? It's huge now that you're on because we're going to send this out when? and tag you and everything. No. <laughs> huge. <laughs> uh, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, here's what I, Oh, God, don't get me started. I'll monopolize the rest of your time. But when, when I give a talk um, to a group uh, like college or something, I say, I tell them that. Voting is the minimum, your minimum requirement for to deserve citizenship in the United States of America. That's your minimum. You should also, since you live in a free country and have a paycheck, everyone should be donating something to their favorite charity, in our case, uh, the Gun Owners of America. Everybody ought to send $25 and become a member. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. All right. Well, thanks. And then so, everyone that oh, owns a gun should call second. Should uh, check in with Second Call Defense because for ten dollars, as little as ten dollars a month, you can get uh, insurance. A lawyer, uh, basically, it's insurance. An attorney at the end of a phone, twenty four seven. If anybody happens to have uh, a Second Amendment problem uh, on the street with a firearm. Mm-hmm. Uh, second call defense and the third one it'd be nice if people visited the hellerfoundation.org or hellerguncase.org and i'm probably not up to date there but i have some patriots that uh have been in second amendment trouble that need some uh some financial support well, we will drop the link in the chat so that our listeners can, uh, who are following along online can, can click the link and go right over to it. We'll, we'll put all that right in there. Uh, so, okay, so, so it's uh, gunowners.org uh, and uh, hellerfoundation.org slash patriots. I have a patriots page there of people that I donate to pretty much monthly. And... Um, so one of them that is getting no attention is Angelie Gomez, the gal that, that, that's 
got out of the handcuffs and squeezed, jumped over the fence, got away from the cops, oh, and went yeah. to Uvalde School to register to re- rescue kids. Yep. She's living in a garage at the time, and the state came and took her boys away from her. After she rescued them from Uvalde School, the state came and took her kids away from her because she was living in a garage. She's a field hand worker, and the state said, you don't have a, a, an adequate home for your son. So, golly, it would be great if she could get some funding so she could at least live in a, in a, in a house. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's, you know, she did something that everyone would do. But uh, hey, Dick, uh, so what is it? How many cops were around there? One hundred and seventy-five cops. Yeah, four hundred cops. I can't remember. Was some, and she went in, got out of the handcuffs, jumped the fence, and said, "Not my kids, not today," and rescued hers and more. It's amazing. It really is. And who? What parent wouldn't do that, right? If, if exactly. I, yeah, and, and so. It, you know, the sad thing is that they have to do that because this is so easily fixable. It, it never need happen again in America, uh, but nobody really wants to do what's necessary to ensure that it won't. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, how about the way the Nashville guys, did you watch the video of how the Nashville cops went in? I did. What a, they, they schooled, the, you know, like Parkland. Like a special in. forces team trained yep. and everything. That was impressive. It sure was. Well, we got to go to a break, uh, Gun Dude. So thank you so much for coming on. We're going to take the other side with Christy and bring everyone up to date with what's going on in the Heller Foundation because... Uh, it's exciting stuff. So we appreciate you very much. And we will do this for an entire hour, I promise, if you make yourself available to us. Uh, and I appreciate it. So we're here with Christy uh, Turtel and Gun Dude Rich Heller. Uh, so on Rapid Fire 2A talk radio show. So don't go away. We will be right back. And if you have any questions, call or text 508-444-2120. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.co forward slash rapid fire to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. All right, we're back. Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we are here with Christy Turtel from the Heller Foundation, and we just heard from the gun dude himself, so that was awesome. And uh, Christy, I appreciate you kind of taking the back seat there and letting the man speak, but uh, (laughs) 
obviously uh that was probably pretty cool for our listeners to hear and um one of the things i meant to ask him before he he left but i forgot was what what's looking ahead for you at the heller foundation and the heller foundation in general he alluded to helping some people out along the way but what what is um what what kind of is your day-to-day operations what do you do what is it you're you're trying to you know push forward as far as the uh, legislative policy at the Heller Foundation? We are very multifaceted. That's all I'm going to say. Mr. Heller and I get reached out to a lot in private settings with people that have retroactively gotten their CCLs, um, renewals denied and revoked based off of alleged social media Posts from when Facebook just came out um, from something that I personally know with vindictive exes um, getting peace orders or the equivalent in other states and using that against them. Uh, custody battles um, are, are it, it's disgusting. So we're using our our dream legal team at the Heller Foundation as well as Gun Owners of America. Um, and also, we're starting to link in NRA, ILA, and a lot of state organizations and helping whoever reaches out because it's about time we start fighting back. Mm. If you're so implicit at this point. That's great. That's good to know. So you're not just single focus. You're multifaceted. You'll help any issue as long as it's a Second Amendment related issue to a certain extent, right? And if it's not Second Amendment related, I am... I, between Mr. Heller and I, we're going to either know someone mm. who knows someone or we're going to someone in our Rolodex is going to be able to help you the same day. Wow, that's great. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot of testimony um, in person via Zoom and also submitting written testimony, um, averaging about 11 to 18 states every single week, which is just Monday through Friday. Wow. Every time zone you can imagine. Re- more recently, it was Colorado, um, Hawaii, Nebraska, Florida. You name it. Um, sister got cankle, so I'm glad it's not a full full picture because I'm flying everywhere at this point. <laughs> now, trying, uh, before... You know, and we're teaching people how to testify mm. because when you start speaking out and you use storytelling, just like Moms the Man Action and the Gifford, you know, Giffords Foundation, just like they do, when you tell stories of what, similar what happened to me, there, there, a lot of people want to speak out and say, hey, something happened to me in, in a very similar circumstance and both men and women too. So one, one of the things that's kind of frustrating for me uh, that I see happen in this state. And one of the guys on the text line was saying it happens in New York all the time too, is uh, it's almost like what happened um, with the first New York state rifle and pistol association case. And that was that um, the, there's always these laws in states that restrict our rights and eventually somebody gets jammed up with that law and then there's uh you know they're defending against it and at some point either the legal team has a really good argument against it or evidence has surfaced that uh would prove their innocence and so that the the prosecutors drop the case this recently just happened with me in a case i was an expert witness in and uh, once they, uh, you know, heard that I was an wit- expert witness, they just dropped the case. And so the case didn't go to trial, which stinks because they still have the law to jam people up with. And the bottom line is they, uh, 
you know, they want to be able to charge people and arrest them and, and ruin their lives over this, what we deem unconstitutional law. But when it comes time to, you know, see it all the way through and maybe have it be ruled unconstitutional, they end up just dropping the case. Uh, so are you seeing stuff like that happening to people all the time too? Or, or And what, what can someone do about that? Is that the only thing we can do as a, a win or can we... Can we say like, no, we don't want to drop the case. We want to go through a trial and risk, you know, going to jail or something for a what we deem an unconstitutional law. It's kind of an interesting uh, paradox, if you will. Well, congratulations that you have that amount of leverage as an expert witness that they saw your name on the docket and was like, uh-uh, okay, we're dropping, you know, we're dropping it. That's it. Um, a lot of the time, you, you just really, really have to be patient and get your ducks in a row and link up with organizations. I'm going to give my direct line, mm-hmm. 610-442-4628, and it's on all of our socials, or you can contact hellerfoundation.org or at the Heller Foundation. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put a bunch of links in my bio as well. And if you have any issue or you know someone who is either a potential plaintiff or is, um, you know, unfortunately a defendant currently, either I can help you, I know someone that can help you, or we're going to have a, an answer for you by the end of the week. Oh, that's, that's great. At the end of the day, you need fighters, and honest to God, I am pissed off. Mm. I am so pissed off, and it's about time. <laughs> no, absolutely, and I appreciate you guys are, are doing that, standing in the gap for the people who uh, who need someone to fight in their corner. Now, um the gun dude alluded to a story, and I think you were starting to tell us about it but when he came on the line, um, sure. about uh, what he did for you that, that kind of changed your, you know, the trajectory of your life, really. And he, he was urging you to tell that story. So I, I want to give you time to do that before we run out of time. And uh, so go ahead, and if, if you don't mind, if, you, if you'd be willing to tell that story. Absolutely. It'd be an honor. I also have um, a, a lot of very... Um interesting and emotional pictures. I, I, I sent them to you guys an email and I could follow up as well. And if you're, if you're more than welcome, they've been projected on state house buildings at this point. So I was very anti-gun growing up in Australia as, you know, as a dual citizen, guns are not the norm. I wrote a senior thesis in undergrad about why um, guns were dumb, obviously, and why video games were responsible for Columbine. And I had that trajectory pretty much even as a registered Republican and as a conservative my entire life. I I didn't I never touched a gun. I thought they were dumb. I didn't understand hunting. Um, And I didn't need a gun until I needed a gun and it was too late. Mm. So I tell my story as I was cocky. Um, I'm I I play college hockey, college ice hockey. Um, I was the only girl on the ice hockey team growing up. I run Spartan races competitively and train with SEALs. Um, a couple of years ago, we were number two in the country for competitive Spartan races and death races, which is essentially going up a straight, essentially straight vertical on a mountain in Vermont um, for about 100 hours straight and doing obstacles and stuff and, and completing it. So I thought I was tough. What do I need a gun for? I could defend myself. No, 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 no. So up until meeting Heller in 2018, um, I had been in a very nasty relationship. Um, The gentleman is unfortunately still in politics. And um, he saw me putting makeup on a black eye. Prior to meeting him, I had been beaten into a coma six times. 
I had been found left for dead in a Baltimore dumpster. Mm. Okay. Looking back, definition, I have a PhD in narcissism now. I, mm. I've learned my lesson. Um, Heller and I exchanged numbers um, after he spoke on stage because it was a 10-year anniversary at the time. Instantly became BFFs. Um, the first lesson I ever had about firearms was at his kitchen table. Mm. Um, the same table in the house, which is the reason that the Heller decision was even the Heller decision about 30, 35 years ago where the bullet went through his front window. Mm. That house, okay? It should be a historical landmark. Um, after that classroom session, um, we went to the NRA headquarters in Virginia, just over the border, and I shot two firearms. One was a twenty-two, and the last gun I shot that day was the million-dollar Heller gun. Hmm. I had no idea the significance of all that had transpired. Um, I do work in politics, so unfortunately, I, I was at the White House. I was one of the press leads under the Trump administration. Um, after I had left the Trump administration, I was the press secretary of Veterans for Trump and Latinos for Trump. And I had still been an advocate about, you know, the constitutionality of firearms and, and you know, advocating in different legislatures and lobbying. But I still wasn't a gun owner. I, I, I had out fun at, um, you know, different machine gun shoots, and I had taken super awesome pictures, but at the end of the day, I was still not a gun owner, okay? Until, again, I needed one. Um, I have up-to-date 43 stalkers nationwide, both men and women. Mental illness is unfortunately a huge, huge problem in this country. Um, oh, miss, miss an important one. So I actually, the first time I actually came out and spoke about the abuse was at the Supreme Court at the 10 year anniversary of the Heller decision, um, Senator Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz was supposed to speak Antifa and everyone that they had hired on Craigslist to protest that day were getting so nasty and vile that it was a massive security risk for him to come and speak. So there's me. And I came out and I had no idea that a couple of my stalkers were in the crowd that day. I had no idea. I was even being stalked at that point. They were female. Um, there's hit pieces out on me all the time. At the time, a lot of it came out. I was single and the pictures were cute. So I took out it as, Hey, this is better than a dating app. I love the attention. Let's go. And I am unfortunately still stalked. Um, so we have to have executive protection, which is essentially a security detail. When I am either speaking or just attending an event, even as an attendee, they follow me from state to state. And we were in the process of hiring a gentleman and filling out his background check in Navy SEAL. And I was about to go to Staples right outside of Philadelphia, which is where I live, and fax a form in order for the background check to be complete. He said, hey, you need to copy it. We'll go to my apartment, save a couple dollars instead of going to Staples. Right? That's all I remember. Um, I had been in and out of consciousness walking to the ER barefoot. Um, I had the sound of mind to lock all of my valuables in the car and went Rambo and was sending my GPS location from my iPhone as I was in and out of consciousness to the ER. I did not know what was going on. Um, I was talked into a rape kit by um, the sergeant who ended up showing up because he saw my credentials and was like, crap, we need to keep this out of the media. I didn't know what had happened to me until the hospital had accidentally sent me a medical bill. Okay. Little Miss hockey player, Little Miss, you know, Spartan race had been drugged and raped. Mm. Um, the gentleman 
had put in horse tranquilizer that he had crushed up and put it underneath the pizza, uh, the cheese of the pizza that he had ordered. Um, to this day, that's still a trigger to me. I'm not sure if it was Domino's or Papa John's. It's some type of cheese that's in that mixture where if I smell it instantly, I get triggered to flashbacks and I got to dip out or sometimes I vomit. It's just a body's reaction. And I am still working on that in trauma therapy. Um, but what the most gruesome part of it all was um, we are now pursuing charges for attempted murder mm-hmm. because of what the amount of stuff that they found inside me. And he was trying to kill me. The amount of different drugs that they had found inside me, there were bite marks all over me. Um, they had found, I think, an entire box, so between seven and eight, still wrapped, still in the applicator tampons inside of me. They had found that. That was all in my rape kit. So I tell that's that's actually so I came home. I was absolutely unable to function. I, I had never taken drugs in my entire life. I'm, I'm a nerd. I was an athlete in college. So, you know, I this this was all new to me. Obviously, it was not ingested voluntarily. And I had an Uber home from the email from the ER. And I had to have that very, very difficult conversation the next day and tell Dick Heller, hey, not only did you save my life, but I just got raped. What do I do? And by that time, I had finally sobered up. My mom had taken me to the ER, um, got my car back, and I went right to the local gun shop and became a gun owner, an FN509C. That was my gun of choice, 9mm. Hmm. Wow, that's, I mean, sorry to interrupt, but that's a heavy, heavy story. And, uh, you know, my heart goes out to you. No one should have to endure that. And uh, that's terrible and and uh the fact that you're still willing to you know work in this space knowing that you know there's people who wish you harm is you know certainly um brave and courageous on your part so my hat's off to you for that and i i appreciate your continued effort in this space with with all that you've been through thank you that it's honestly it's it's one of those things where it took me a while to get to this level um, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Oh, um, Larry Krasner um, ha- is is the DA in the jurisdiction where I was raped. Mm. I'm a Republican working where I worked. Guess what? It took a week to get a warrant, and the gentleman who raped me is still AWOL. So I mm. stay quiet. I was terrified. I started doing ayahuasca therapy with the MAPS program. Um, a gentleman named Jonathan Lubecki, who's like a brother to me, he's been featured everywhere. Um, he has found a cure to PTSD. I was diagnosed with, um, TBI, um, traumatic brain injury, as well as PTSD and CPTSD. And I can pretty much say that my PTSD is gone for the most part. Um, in addition to that, I do trauma therapy, which is provided free from the state and has been outstanding. Um, I recently graduated from the first step of it, um, a couple of months ago, and it taught me a lot about, not having any self-esteem, not having any boundaries. And the more I speak about it, it's actually healing. And I cannot keep quiet anymore. The The pictures that I have, um, I, I'll share with you guys later on, are the, whenever I tell my story and then eventually show the pictures at the end as a closer, there's never a dry eye in the room. I approach this from a human right perspective is... A gun is a great equalizer. Everything I have went through in gross detail would have been prevented had I been armed and trained. Everything was preventable. 
And when you're obviously when you are, I, I fell in love with the tool and I learned through the process. I fell in love with myself for the first time in my life. And I'm going to be 39 in June. And it's so empowering to finally have a voice because I was terrified of what ifs and what if they say it never happened and this and that. And at the end, I don't care if anyone believes me. Um, My pictures, unfortunately, are pretty gruesome. Um, It's kind of an out-of-body experience when I do talk about it with the picture on screen because there's Mm. pictures of me with brain matter Mm. on my face. Um, I, I show the the medical diagnosis of rape and I show the pages upon pages of different drugs and everything that they had found in my system that day. And I want people to learn from my mistakes in life. Well, you bring up something interesting and, you know, I think uh, it's not just having a firearm, right? Uh, I think it's a mindset of being willing and able to, uh, not be a victim, A. Um, And more importantly, I think as a gun owner and an advocate for the Second Amendment and a firearms instructor, I actually um, am a big advocate of, you know, getting training in competent firearm use. But as a result of that training, it makes us less likely to actually need it. It's the net result of uh, being trained in the safe and efficient use of a firearm. There's so many things that go along with that other than just getting the gun out and into the fight. It's, um, you know, conflict avoidance. And like you alluded to, it made you more aware of some of the things that you weren't paying attention to in your life. It makes you, um, you know, less likely to need it because you're A, more confident in your abilities and B, you're more aware of your surroundings. So, um, you know, what would you say to people who, uh, you know, you are immersed in the gun kind of culture just by your job, but yet you said you weren't a gun owner. And now even as a gun owner, uh, do you have any, um, have you taken that to the next step and got any firearms training? I think you said, uh, you know, you went down to the range a couple times or whatever, but have you got any like firearms training in the safe and efficient uh, use of actually what happens if you're carrying a gun out in the real world and everything that leads up to it and the aftermath of it, you know, if you ever did need to use a gun, has has that been a part of your life yet as a new gun owner or is that something you plan to do? Um, I am a queen of situational awareness of being able to detach yourself from emotions and making logical decisions and de-escalation. Mm-hmm. And to answer that, yes, absolutely. But whenever I go to a range, I always go as much as possible to Tony Simon mm-hmm. um, with diversity shoot. Mm-hmm. And that's in the New York, it's in a tri-state area. So for me, the tri-state area is Pennsylvania, New York, and New Jersey. And all you can eat pizza, shoot ammo inclusive, <laughs> any gun that they have, $20. Nice. And it is incredible. I always bring a survivor or 10 of um, pretty violent crimes. I'm pretty outspoken, so people approach me a lot for private lessons. I train in Krav Maga religiously. Mm. Um, so if someone this is not comfortable yet or ever in getting lethal, I call it lethal and non-lethal uh, self-defense, that's cool. We'll teach you conflict avoidance. We'll teach you... You know, situational awareness. That was probably one of my biggest takeaways with learning how to shoot a gun was using it 
you know, you don't know, knowing how to use it, but preferring not to. Yeah. Uh, and learning how to avoid, you know, real life situations. I train, um, when I was, um, press secretary of Latinos for Trump, I had the privilege and honor of traveling the country with Stephen Williford, the barefoot defender. And I got close with him and also a gentleman named, um, a green beret named Lou Lusk who, um, was responsible. Oh my goodness. His resume is insane for rescuing, um, women and children from human trafficking overseas as a green beret. And they teach a couple of times a year, active shooter simulations in a mall, in a church and what to do if you were armed and unarmed in that situation and how to make, you know, the, the lid of a toilet seat into a weapon and what to do if, you know, you're being shot at in a classroom, what do you do? Mm. And every single year it is completely different. Mm. So I, I always learn something new when I go to a new training, even if it's just a USCCA classroom session in, a, in a, my state or a different state because the laws are constantly changing. I'm in the business, and heck, there's so many changes to the laws, either with legislation that's passed by governors or by quote-unquote executive order, which is not a legislation, um, or you know, by the end of the day, something that's decided by the Supreme Court. So we are linking up with a lot of uh, stereotypically disenfranchised populations. So the Jewish population, I'm fluent in seven languages. Wow. I'm, I'm not that, even fluent in one. So I'm impressed. <laughs> I need to add Marine to that. I'm fluent in crayon. So I might, I should say I'm fluent in eight as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, it's, it's truly an honor to realize this, this can, and this will happen to people. This will happen to you. One in, not one in six, one in four women are raped in 2023. And it's it's the people that you think won't be and that have an arrogant attitude. It will happen to you. And I've been a victim of many violent crimes more than once. Because at the end of the day, it was all preventable. It was all preventable. Well, at the very least, it's acknowledging that it could happen to you. We do this in our firearms classes. At the beginning of all of our firearms training, we say, hey, you have a greater chance of being shot out here on the range today using a firearm than you do probably wherever you'd be, out in the public space, at home, watching TV or whatever. That's just the reality of the situation is more accidents happen on gun ranges. By acknowledging the risk, we can then explain what the benefit to performing the actions we're about to perform and, and uh, you know, putting some guardrails to minimize the risk, but we're at least acknowledging it. And to say it'll never happen to me is negligent. You know, it's, it's also, um, it's just not smart because you're never preparing for it, you know. Uh, so the people who think, oh, yeah, that could never happen to me, uh, and they go through their life, you know, with ignorance, uh, you know, they're just, ignorance is bliss and they're having a blizzard, you know what I mean? They're not paying attention to what's going on around them. And it's much better to be prepared for the worst case scenario and be trained in what you can do about it. And it's more, it's less likely to ha actually happen to somebody who is situationally aware or is, you know, prepared to defend themselves or, you know, taking certain actions to be able to de-escalate a situation or avoid conflict altogether in the, be you know, beginning based on not going certain places in the first place. So, um, yeah, my, 
and that's great that you've been with Tony Simon. He's excellent. He's a good dude, and uh, he's actually part of the uh, Rapid Fire Radio Network. So um, we're bringing him into the fold. So that's that's exciting. But um, yeah, that, that's excellent. He's an advocate for the two A uh, community as well, and doing a lot of great work. So um, that's that's really good. That uh, you know your 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 life has taken a hundred and eighty degree turn. Obviously, unfortunately, it's been for the for the uh, a real horrible reason um but you know the fact that you're taking that and putting it out there and you're being courageous and and uh you know willing to put yourself out there is is very inspiring and uh you know because most people who've been through what you've been through are are very much like you know hey uh i'm not talking about it i'm pretending it didn't happen and they're just trying to go on and live their life Sounds like you've got the help um, you needed and are continuing to get the help you need and uh, are going on to make sure it doesn't happen to other women. So uh, that's huge. Um, and we got a couple minutes here left, Christy. I want to make sure that I give you time to tell everyone about, you know, the your, your job, which, you, you know, some of the stuff you're working towards and certainly how to contact you in the social media. And, uh, you know, the floor is yours for the last couple minutes here. So, uh, take your time, but, th- you know, make sure you put out all the info you want to put out. Sure. I'll start with our socials. My personal social is at Christy Churchell. Mr. Heller is at Real Dick Heller. And the Heller Foundation is at the Heller Foundation. So that's pretty easy. Um, you could contact us even anonymously at the Heller Foundation on the contact form. If you go to www.hellerfoundation.org, you can also join the Heller Army um, Mr. Heller is an Army Airborne veteran, so hua to anyone out there. Thank you for your service as well. Mm-hmm. And um, we do invite you to possibly see if you could just throw a couple bones our way and, and help us defeat these commies. Um, we were in the news pretty recently um, in December of last year. So how many months ago was that now? About four months ago. Uh, we had a meeting in the White House in the Oval Office with President Biden and Kamala Harris. And there was a later signing that day with Angelina Jolie. So she sat in on the meeting. And three days prior to the meeting, uh, Mr. Heller was kicked out. His credentials got revoked by the White House. So it was me, myself, and I (laughs) in the Oval Office with President Biden, who smelled like mothballs, Kamala Harris, who I don't think she knew what year it was, Angelina Jolie was a sweetheart. And I approached it from a policy perspective. I approached it from... A nonpartisan view. And that is how I get people to listen to me. You cannot be nasty and automatically assume people will never listen to you or your story at the end of the day because you're on different sides of the aisle or they just outright say they're anti-gun. I used to think like that. I used to be one of them. Mm. So that used to be my mindset and that's how I approach it. So if anyone out there is interested in possibly testifying in your state or even other states. You do not have to be a resident of states to testify. I would be honored um, and blessed with the opportunity to show you what to do and help us join in the fight. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, That's, you know, like coaching and mentoring someone to be able to testify is huge because not everyone has that skill or is is able to do that. You know, it's certainly a frightening uh, thought to be put in that position without having uh, been trained in adequately on how to do that. So uh, that, that's great. And I, I want to make sure I got it right. It's Christy Turtel and at Heller Foundation. 
what is the other one that you said? What's uh, at real dick? At what? Real Dick Heller. Okay, at Real Dick Heller. I'm just dropping these in the chat. Sure. And uh, we'll have to do this again for sure. sure. Uh, I appreciate your time today. And uh, maybe you can come on when we have the gun dude on and kind of co-opt his hour and take half his time. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thank you so much for joining us, uh, Christy. And God bless and uh, Godspeed. I hope your work is prosperous going forward. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. And remember, this show is ending here, but it goes on forever online at rapidfireradio.us. Check out the past episodes. Catch up with what you missed out on. You can always leave us a message, call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Be an advocate of the Second Amendment in your community. And together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless, and we will see you next time. But stick around for another special edition of Toby Takes on the World. No? Okay, don't do that. It's not going to happen. You'll have to go look at the archive. But we'll see you next week. I'm Toby Leary, and this is Rapid Fire.